Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his new series, Soldiers of the Cross. Today, he'll share how you can use the armor of God against the evil forces in this world and move from defense to offense. Now, we're in a series called The Lord's Army, and we're learning how to be good soldiers of Christ Jesus. Paul told Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And last week, we talked, introduced the armor of the good soldier, because if we're going to stand toe-to-toe against the ancient foe who seeks to work us woe, whose craft and power are great, and he's armed with cruel hate, how are we going to do that? Only in the strength the Lord provides. Only in the armor that the Lord provides. This is what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, against the devil and his demonic horde. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing Ephesians from his first Roman imprisonment in the early 60s AD. He's chained to a Roman soldier. Now, everybody in the first century is very familiar with Roman soldiers. There were tens of thousands of them all over the place. They made up the Roman legion, the the most uh, powerful nation in the world at that time, more powerful than any nation before it. And so Paul and his readers, very familiar with what a Roman soldier looked like. We showed a picture last week of a Roman soldier, and uh, that's what he would look like. And the Apostle Paul plays off of this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says his armor is what God gives us in our battle with our ancient foe, the devil and Satan, the serpent of old. And the Bible says you need to take up the full armor of God, put on the full armor of God, because like the old American Express commercial, you don't want to leave home half-dressed. You don't want to leave home without the full armor of God. Now, look in verse 11. He says this, put on the full armor of God 
that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The schemes, the word schemes is methodia, which means his methods, his wiles, his tricks, his cunning arts, his deceit. And so the armor, as we said last week when we introduced the first three pieces of armor, the armor God gives us is directly correlated to the schemes and the strategies and the cunning arts of the devil. So what do we learn about the last three pieces of armor? Number one, the shield of faith combats the devil's doubts and fears. Look at it again. In addition to all, verse 16, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. And another way of putting that shield of faith, what is that? It's keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So the devil works to get your eyes off Jesus. Because if you get your eyes off Jesus, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start looking around, and you're going to start to become afraid. Case in point, Simon Peter. Matthew chapter 14, they're on the sea. Jesus is not in the boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee, which is not a saltwater body of water, but it's a, they call it the Sea of Galilee. It's a lake. And they're, they're rowing, and it's in the middle of the night, and they're not getting very far, and this, it's stormy sea. And Jesus comes walking on the water, and they cry out for fear. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It, it, it is I. And Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat, and he began walking on the water toward Jesus. His eyes were fixed on Jesus, and he's walking on the water, and he's doing great. But then it says, but seeing the wind, he became afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see the words in there? You see how it is uh, faith, how it's doubt, how it's fear? He was afraid. He took his eyes off Jesus. He got afraid. He began to doubt. And Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So the devil wants us to take our eyes off Jesus so that we will doubt, so that we will fear. He traffics in fear. And you mark it down. The devil wants us to live according to the circumstances and not according to the promises of God. You just live under the circumstances, according to the circumstances. What's going on around you, that's how he wants you to live. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And in the Word of God, we get the promises of God that we stand on, standing on the promises of Christ my King, and we stand on those promises. And that's what the shield of faith does. When the fiery darts come in, we hold up the shield of faith. We get behind the shield of faith, and those fiery darts hit the shield of faith, and the, the shield is structured in such a way when a fiery dart hits it, the fire goes out. And the Scripture says that the shield of faith can extinguish all, A-L-L, the flaming missiles of the evil one. You hold up the shield of faith, 
and you say, this is what God has said, this is what God has promised, I'm going to believe God. Hey, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, and the devil says, no, look at the things that are seen, and we say, no, we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus, and even though I can't see him, I'm going to set my eyes on him, and I'm going to trust his word. That is the shield of faith, and with it, you can extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. So that is that next piece in the armor of God. And then he talks about the helmet of salvation. See, what is that for? The helmet of salvation combats the devil's deceptions. So the arrows create doubt and fear, and then he works to deceive. He is a liar, Jesus said, and the father of lies. He wants to deceive you concerning salvation. We put on the helmet of salvation so that we're not deceived concerning salvation, so that we're not deceived, first of all, concerning our own salvation. And in my life, when I began in college, when I began to doubt, I got to the place where I said, you know what? I've done everything that the Scripture tells me to do to receive Christ. And if I'm not saved, no one is saved because I have called upon the name of the Lord. I've turned from sin and turned to the Savior, and I just uh, recognize this is an attack from the enemy. He is going after my head, and I need to put on the helmet of salvation. See, it keeps you secure in your own salvation, but it keeps you secure in salvation in general. What is salvation? Because we have so much false information coming from many, many pulpits, many, many churches that Teach people a lie concerning how you get right with God, how a person is saved. You know, the the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And many people, they, when they ask the question, what must I do? It's exactly that answer. Oh, this is what you need to do. It's all about works. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do the other. If you do these 10 things, these five things, whatever it is, then you can be saved. Christianity is not spelled D-O. It's spelled D-O-N-E, done. He did it all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. He did it all. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 and 10 say this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, you remember three words and you can keep your theology straight. First word, by. How's a person saved? By grace. By God's grace. That God would send his son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. That is grace, that Jesus, who is God in the flesh, would die on the cross for your sins and my sins and rise again from the dead on the third day. That is grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. You put your faith and trust in God's grace. And when you put your faith and trust in God's grace, you're saved. And it's not as a result of works. It's nothing that you did 
as far as well. Uh, it was by grace and then my offering. It was by grace and then I joined the church. It was by grace and then I got baptized. It was by grace and then, uh, you know, I, I did this, this thing for the Lord. It was by grace and then I sang in the choir. It was by grace and then I taught a Sunday school class. It's not that. It's by grace through faith you're saved. Not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. You say, well, aren't works important? Yes. By grace, through faith, for good works. Verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared before him, that we should walk in them. Good works have their place. Not to, not to bring you to salvation, but that's what a saved person does. He does and she does good works because God prepared that beforehand. The works are the fruit of salvation. They're not the root of salvation. And the helmet of salvation keeps you grounded and smart. So when the devil comes to try and deceive you, he can't do it because your helmet protects you. Give you an example. What we see today. There are so many people today that believe that a person can be a Christian and share Christ and come to Christ while holding on to sin. Impossible. You can't do that. No one can. I don't care what the sin is. You say, well, I, I want to come to Christ, but I, I'm going to still, I, I, I like to uh, commit adultery, so I'm not going to give that up, but sure, I'll, I'll receive Jesus, but I'm still going to commit adultery. No, you, you can't. You can't come to Jesus holding your adultery and saying, well, this is, I want to keep doing this. No, you can't do that. Jesus hates adultery. So unless you're willing to turn your back on your, the adultery and come to him, you can't be saved. You say, well, well I'm going I'm to come with my homosexuality. I'm bringing my homosexuality to the Lord because that's the way I am. That's who I am. And you come to the Lord and you say, well, I'm not changing because this is who I am. And the Lord says, well, you can't get saved holding on to that sin. That's not who you are. That's what you are doing. And unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What do we have today? We have people who believe the lie that, oh, it's okay to do that. And yeah, they're, they're just different kinds of Christians. And then they're the, the adulterous Christian and the fornicating Christian and the homosexual Christian. And no. Can Christians have trouble with adultery and fornication and homosexuality? Yes. But can you get saved with bringing that in tow to the Lord at the confession and saying, God, this is who I am, but, but it would be nice if I could be saved in addition to that. The Lord says, forget it. I mean, remember this. Salvation is not a game show where you're playing let's make a deal with God. He says, this is the deal. And unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And I hate sin, and I can't have fellowship with sin. And I sent my son to die on the cross for your sin. And if you try and bring your sin to me and say, I'm holding on to this, God says, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Hey, all that is in the helmet of salvation, that we understand what salvation is so that we can really minister to people with the truth. Because unless you know the truth, the truth can't make you free. So he works to deceive you concerning salvation. He works to poison your mind with lies. And the helmet of salvation keeps the lies away because you're able to discern what is true and what is false. And you're not blown about by every wind of doctrine. The Scripture says this in 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what the helmet does. It takes every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See, see think of a helmet kind of like a, it's a guard around your head. It's a guard around your mind because the devil's going to come into your mind. The, the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 11:3, but I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray, corrupted, defiled from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. He's going to attack your mind. And so we put a guard over our mind, and every thought has to come through. And it's like a, a soldier, a sentry at the door of your mind, and every thought, he says, halt, who goes there? And if it's a lie from the devil, you don't let it in. I'm going to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That is the helmet of salvation. It combats the devil's deceptions. And then thirdly and finally, there's the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit combats the devil's distortions. The, the devil is crafty, and he's tricky, and he's cunning. He doesn't come at us directly because you would be able to recognize that. He comes at us as a sneak attack. Somebody said King David, when he went on the battlefield, he was dressed for battle and he was alert. But when he was at home, that's when he faced his greatest battle. When he saw Bathsheba and he didn't have his armor on and that sunk his ship. So we need to Beware of his deceptions and beware of his distortions. Now, this is the only piece of armor that is offensive. It's an offensive weapon. We call this message from defense to offense because the sword of the Spirit is an offensive piece of weaponry and armor. And the Word of God is our weapon against the devil. That's what we use against him. Now, those other things, the shield of faith blocks things, the helmet protects your head. The belt holds you together. The breastplate protects your uh, heart and your vital organs. The shoes keep you stable. But, you know, you're not going to take your shoes off and try and beat your enemy with it. You're not going to do that with your helmet. Um, but you can do it with a sword. And it's in tandem with the shield. I block with the shield and I strike with the sword. It's the only weapon that God gives us in the six pieces of armor, armory that is an offensive weapon. Now, the devil doesn't want us to be very skilled when it comes to the Word of God. And sadly, many people aren't very skilled. The Bible says, Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the message of truth. Handle the book accurately. I was watching a, a video that was showing surgeons how to use the different scalpels that they'll use for surgery. Because you have to be able to handle accurately the, the knife so that you can do a good job. We need to be able to handle this word accurately, this word that's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so you have to spend time in the book. You have to know the Word because you know who knows the Word and who wants to use it in a dastardly way? The devil. How do we know that? Because that's what he did with Jesus. When Jesus was being tempted of the devil in the wilderness, he fasted for 40 days and he became hungry. What does the devil do? If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him every single time the same way. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he quotes from Deuteronomy three times. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then what does the devil do? He takes Jesus to a high mountain and he shows him, or or to the pinnacle of the temple, and he says, listen, here's what the Bible says, Psalm 91, throw yourself down because he will give his angels charge concerning you lest you dash your foot against a stone. He takes the word of God and tries to deceive Jesus with the word. And what does Jesus say? He answers and said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. See, the devil will take the word, distort the word, twist the word to try and use it against you to turn you into a pretzel. That didn't work for Jesus. He just said, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Hey, the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the word for word is not the word that we normally see in the New Testament for word, logos, L-O-G-O-S. The word that's used here is rhema. It's an utterance. It's a word from the Word, a fresh word from the Word. And you have to be armed with a fresh word from the Word to do battle with the devil. Do you spend much time in the book? I remember when I was in college, I was just learning how to have a quiet time. I was just learning how to be able to share my faith. And I was with this guy, and he was showing, we were talking, and... uh, He said to this lady, we were witnessing to her, he quoted scripture. I was like, wow, how'd you do that? It's it's like, it's it's not rocket science. You just study a verse and then you memorize it and then you're ready to use it. But it was just ready to go. And he just quoted John 3, uh, verse 3. And he says, you must be born again unless you... uh, You can't enter the kingdom of God unless a man is born again. He can't see the kingdom of God, can't enter the kingdom of God. I thought that was the coolest thing. So I said, I'm going to memorize scripture so I can know it, so I can be ready with the sharp sword of the word of God. Because when the enemy comes, it's really hard to say, okay, Mr. Devil, but let me see, there's another verse here somewhere. Let me pull out my concordance. Uh, Come back to me in an hour. He's the terminator. He doesn't say, okay, I'll come back and then I'll be back. He doesn't do that. He's just coming. So we have to be ready to go. Hey, the shield of faith combats the devil's doubts and fears. The helmet of salvation protects against the devil's deceptions and the sword of the spirit combats the devil's distortions. Now, the scripture says here four times to stand firm so that you may be able to stand firm. Remember we said we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. The devil is a defeated foe, but he wants to get us to back up. He wants to get us afraid. He wants to knock us off our feet. Stand firm. Be firmly established. And don't give the devil as much as an inch in your life. 
You cannot reason with the devil. You cannot negotiate with the devil. You put on the full armor of God so you can stand firm. And the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. My friend, are you a soldier in the Lord's army? Have you ever received Christ as Savior and Lord? If not, today is the day for you. Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me the person you want me to be. I surrender my all to you. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. I'd love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that this program is making a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please take the time to call that toll-free number, write me, email me, let me know what's going on and how we can pray for you. You really are important to God, and you're important to us, and we're here for you. Today's message, called From Defense to Offense, is from Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross. The message is available in multiple formats when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. There's a spiritual battle raging all around us, and there's a desperate need for disciplined and courageous soldiers to combat the enemy and make a lasting impact on the world for Jesus Christ. Paul told young Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, the moment you become a Christian is the moment you become a soldier in the Lord's army. And God is looking for us to be good and faithful soldiers, soldiers who stand up for Jesus and speak the truth in love. That's what my new seven message series can help you do. I believe that the Soldiers of the Cross series and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, will provide you the encouragement and plan needed to fight the good fight of faith and successfully finish the race that the Lord has given each of us to run. This series, along with the companion booklet, are my thanks for your support to From His Heart this month. Hey, start out 2023 with the discipline and courage needed for the fight. Become the bold and faithful Soldier of the Cross that God wants you to be. And thank you for helping us share real truth, real love, and real hope around the world each day. God bless you. To get your copy of Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross, and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, make your gift today when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. It's available in multiple formats. From His Heart is the viewer-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org. Real truth.